I got more of a calm message for you today. Maybe we'll see. Uh, back on the, uh, Tracy, I was spit out in Nineveh too. I think there's quite a few of us got spit out. I didn't even hardly know what Nineveh was before we got here. So uh, it's a good place to get spit out at. Uh, a lot of a lot of hard work needs to be done here and continue to be done here. So and God takes the boy. I was a broken mess like like everybody else and years ago. And God takes these broken messes. And boy, He makes something good out of them, doesn't He? he really does. And and that's what we all are. And as we're preaching on this series called The Outsider. And I wrote something in the bulletin today. I don't think I'm going to read it to you. Uh, I may or may not. I don't know. But it's in the bulletin. You might want to read it. It's about where God's, uh, I believe God's taking us um, in, the, uh, in this new area we're going in. It's the, called the outsiders. It's where those people that really want to, uh, aren't just satisfied with a Sunday morning, whatever. They really want to dig into two Bible studies and three Bible studies. And, four, and they just want to dig into God's word and really learn who God is. And, uh, and God uses those people. To do some extraordinary things. And so as we start to go through this new one, it's called a, it's the outsider, but it's, it's added a few things to it. It's untraveled territory. Um, I got a book up here that says no exit because, you know, when uh, me and Victor, we get on the road or with Bill and Sandy or John Donner or whoever it might be, Dale and Becky, or whoever, we got these big trailers, motorhomes and things. And it's like, you don't want to get off the exit until you know exactly everything's about that exit. You know, it's a, you just want to make sure you got room to do this, room to do that. And so they, they make these books that says next exit. And that's kind of like our, our, our Christianity. We want to know wherever, everywhere God's taking us. Where's my next exit, God? What's it all about? And it seems like that's a, that's, that seems to be important to a lot of people. The problem is, I don't think it's real important to God. He just says, get on. And I'll tell you where to get off, and I'll tell you what to do, and don't worry about the exit at all. And so, but our nature is we always want to know what's on the next exit, what's, what's going on. But uh, I think... That's where our faith and our trust and, and all that stuff comes out is we just keep trusting God with every exit he takes us on, wherever he might, that journey might go. And, and so as we look into uh, this outsider and, and, and see where God's taking us, this untraveled territory, and that's what a lot of times the outsider is. You're always going somewhere. You're not sure where it's been or where you're going or, or something's happening. You're getting involved with it. You're not sure where it's going, but you're going to go because you believe God has told you there, told you to go there. And so you're going to go not knowing anything. You just go. And so as we go through this the next few weeks and then into October and 7 November, we're going to look at the life of Moses. And I love the life of Moses. We're going to stretch and just go back to where his birth and we'll just follow how he had a, was this outsider from, from, from the very beginning. And, and it would take so many years, 40 years again, Tracy, as he would uh, leave Egypt and have 40 other years before he'd come back. And, and uh, we'll look at his life and we'll spend several weeks on that. And as we look through it, the one thing I want, to, want you to emphasize and all as we go through here is going to be confidence. Everybody say confidence. Now say a lifetime of confidence. Because I'll tell you what, if you want to be an outsider, if you want to be this person that really is involved with God, you're going to have to have confidence in God. Amen? I mean, you've got to learn confidence. And confidence is a lot different than pride, and we talk about that later, but it's a lot different than pride. Confidence is I, I trust God with everything, no matter where he takes me. I don't need to know the, the next thing or the next second. I don't need to know. Uh, you know, the Bible's my road atlas. A lot of you young kids don't even know what a road atlas is, do you? They say, no. You know, they actually have those things that still unfold as a map. 
I like them too. We use them when we ride bikes a lot. But this, this road, has kids, this can take you. You don't need that GPS. We got God's word that does the same thing. It is our road atlas to life, and that's what we do. So the outsiders, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a wonderful thing. I've, I've already, God's given me a lot of messages for it already on this oven travel territory. So I hope you're, hope you're getting involved and go with me on it. So a lifetime of confidence. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, Father, as we come to you today, Lord, we're thankful for Sunday mornings. But more than Sunday mornings, we're thankful for you. We're thankful that you died for us, that we can come on Sunday mornings. We're thankful that we live in a country that we're allowed to be here on Sunday mornings. Lord, as we open up your word and open up your message for this church for this day, I ask and I invite the Holy Spirit to be amongst us as he, I know he is. He lives within our hearts. But Lord, that we're just overwhelmed with the Spirit of God. That we just come face to face with the Holy Spirit today. And Lord, as this message, as you have given it to me to encourage your church today, that as we're encouraged by who you are, we can be confident in what your word says and the promises of God. Lord, bless this message day as we can bless you back. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I used to ride horses a lot. A lot of you know that. Uh, but a long time ago, I had a horse called Turbo. Everybody, you guys, most people maybe have spoke about Turbo before. Everybody know about Turbo? Well, that's my horse that just goes off and leaves Blackwell like he ain't nothing. And that's the truth. Blackwell just keeps back. Got to turn his oxygen up or something, right? We, a long time ago, about 20 years ago, we went to the land between the lakes, and I just got Turbo, and he kind of had probably not been rode, ridden a whole lot, and so we went down the land between the lakes, and we, uh, it's down way down in Kentucky, and it's a beautiful place, but we, we got really lost, and uh, I mean really lost, and uh, Turbo was just, he, he was wore to the, he was wore out like a frazzle like the rest of us, and I couldn't hardly stay in that saddle anymore. It was about eight hours lost. A lot of it, we were trying to find water for the horses. It was in the, maybe August or something like that. It was really hot. And uh, we finally, about eight hours, and that's not the first time we were lost. We've been lost many times. But about eight hours, and we were just trucking along everywhere we went and don't know where we're at. And John Donna, John says, John just keeps on going. It's like, he ain't got an idea where he's going. He ain't got a clue where he's going. And he didn't. But somehow, by the grace of God, he got my tail back there. <laughs> And it got us back to the, uh, wherever we were staying that night in that camp, and it was, it was a wonderful thing. I, I told John and Donna, I said, you know, if you didn't want us to ride with you, you could have just told us. You didn't have to kill us, you know. Uh, but anyway, we were lost, and, and a lot of times that's what we get in, a, in our path with God. We're, we're just not sure where we're going. We're lost. And, and it seems like it's just never going to end. And the outsider can get that way at times. But the outsider should know that God's always with you and always there with you. And you just go back to his, to his word and be encouraged through his word. So that's what we want to look at today at his word and who Jesus is. I left my phone up there, somebody. I can't do my remote here. Or I left it somewhere. Oh, it's over there. In Psalm 16, 8, it says, I have set the Lord always before me. Everybody repeat that, will you? I have set the Lord. How many times? Always. Always. So the outsider, as we go through this, as we understand that I don't need to know everything, I just need to go to God, who God is. And so I, 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 gotta, I have set the Lord always before me. And that's important. Because I'm going to tell you if, if, if you, if you want to follow God in all these crazy places, He'll take us. And sometimes they're really crazy. But I have set the Lord before me. He's before me, so I'm good. And we have to implant that within our heart and our minds. And we have to believe that. Because He is at my right hand, and I shall what? 
not be moved. I shall, I shall not turn around and go back home. I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. And that's important that the outsider has that. Now, if you can get that in your heart, you can believe it. The, the things we go through in this world, the things we hear, it's just nonstop in this world, how crazy it is. We can have confidence in who God says he is. There's a great need in our day for believers to have an unwavering confidence in God. Everybody agree with that? Do say amen. In spite of anything we may see, hear, or experience, in spite of all the things that you don't know what's on the exit God's taking, in spite of all that, we have to have this unwavering confidence. The stakes could get high, couldn't get any higher, for they are the lost souls. Those who have found the words of confidence, has, those who have found the world's Confidence has failed them. When you have confidence in the world, it's going to continue to fail you. There's always something there that you know well, you just got to have it, and it's God. And are searching for something to believe in, something to place confidence in. And that's where I think God wants to take us. I know it's where God wants to take us in the next several weeks to build this confidence in God. Confidence boldly declares God is who he says he is, and Jesus is enough. Amen? I mean, if you want confidence, you got. If you're going to wear Jesus is enough, then is he enough? I mean, he's got to be enough. I hear Mary out there saying enough. She's gone through great turmoil in the last month. Jesus is enough. Amen, Mary. Jesus is enough. And I know some of you, Mike, that was one of Mike's favorite things was Jesus is enough. He is. And I guess we could just repeat it over and over and over again until we completely understand that and get that. But Jesus is enough. He's enough for today's chaos. He's enough for tomorrow's. Who knows? He's enough. In John 6, 35, it says, And Jesus said to him, I am the bread of life. What is Jesus? He's the bread of life. He's enough. He's the one that we, fills us up with everything we need. He who comes to me shall what? Shall what? Okay, if you're hungry, why are you hungry? Because Jesus says he is the bread of life. If you go to him for what's going on within your life, he can fill you with what he wants to fill you with. You can have confidence in him because he is our bread of life. We go to him, we shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall what? Never thirst. This message is strictly to encourage you today because on this trip that we're going to go on with God, all through the life of Moses, as far as he takes us through it, I want you to be encouraged that Moses had to learn confidence. Paul had to learn confidence. Every single person in the Bible had to learn confidence and who their confidence was in. And when they looked at Jesus, they called him the door. They called him all kinds of things. And that's how they built their confidence, is through who Jesus is. In John 8, 12, it says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. Everybody say, I'm the light of the world. In the darkest places, you may find yourself in this untraveled territory. Jesus is the light of the world. Amen where death and all kinds of things are happening, Jesus is still the light of the world. My ducks are quacking. He is our light. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Everybody say, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Where's the key to that? It's, it's he who follows what? Jesus, right? He who follows me. Not, not the world and me, but he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Everybody say the light of life. So these, these, all these verses are given to us just to encourage us of who he is. 
John 10, 9, it's just Tracy's and mine, both. I am a door hanger. I've been a door hanger for 40-some years. Owned that business. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he shall, he will be what? He will be what? Saved. Jesus is the door. He's the pathway. It's the door that must be open that we can walk through. He is the door of eternal life. He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture and find those good things that we need in life. I wrote a thing this morning. It says J-E-S-U-S, Jesus. Jesus is justified. Jesus is eternal. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is universal, and Jesus is sovereign. Amen? To be about two seconds to write that because that's what he is. And we can have confidence in every one of those things. I am the door, I am the good shepherd. Who is he? Who is he in our life? He's the good shepherd. He's not bringing harm to your life, he's not bringing sorrows and pain to your life. The world does that, sin does that. He is the good shepherd, he is the one that can overcome all those things. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Everybody say, The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Did he not show you that? Did he not prove it to you on the cross? He gave his life for his sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. Everybody say, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. You're not a stranger. He's got your name written down. He's had it written down. He knows you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows when you're smiling. He knows when you're frowning. He knows everything about you. And you can have confidence that Jesus knows you. If you want to be an outsider and go to this untraveled territory which, where he loves to take us, then you've got to be confident in God. You must be confident in God because you'll fail and turn right back to the world. You must have confidence in Jesus Christ. You must have confidence in the word of God. You must believe the truth, and you must live the truth through obedience. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. Everybody say own. Yeah, everybody say me. Yeah. Does he own you? Now, own's a powerful word there. I got a little dog named Lexi, and I had my horse right reading. I owned them. I mean, they were mine. That, Jesus, he owns me. He sacrificed his life, and I agreed to that, and I surrendered my life to him. He owns me. He owns everything about me. It's not my life anymore. I gave it up. Why would I want it back? Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. Everybody say the resurrection. And the life. Everybody say in the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Everybody say, though he may die, he shall live. Amen. Amen. There's nothing about me that doesn't believe that. I want, to, I want that so implanted in my heart that when I talk with people, when things are going on within their life, I hate this mic. Strong word, isn't it? That when I have these things in my life, I want them to know that I believe he is my life. The spirit of God, when it comes, you know, Without the Holy Spirit of God coming in and, and making all these things permanent in your life, not just for a moment, but permanent in your life, where you can have confidence in that, the Spirit of God works through you so powerfully. You know, if it wasn't for the Spirit of God, I'd just be some old man up here talking. You guys wouldn't even stick around. Why would you stick around? I just somebody that says words. God, the Holy Spirit, is what changes us, is what gives us the power to speak. Amen? It's what gives Tracy the love and the power to come up and talk, and anybody else that gives their testimony. 
where you make yourself vulnerable. Boy, that's, that's when we're powerful. When we are weak, he is strong. Amen? Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. John 14, 6, it reads, Jesus said to him, this is one of my favorite verses. Everybody knows this verse. I am the way. Everybody say, I am the way. What's the way? Everybody say, Jesus. I am the way. He is the way. I can build my confidence that no matter what takes place, Jesus is the way. I'm following his way through the truth and the life. Everybody say, in the life. That's what he is. And the day is not a, a, a lot of times I come up here and I give you all kinds of history lessons and stories. The day is just strictly to encourage you to build, start to build your confidence where God wants to take you in this church. Jesus talking to his disciples here. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. No other way, but I am the way. I don't care what Oprah Winfrey said. That powerful woman. Jesus says, I am the way. I don't care what the Muslims say. I don't care what the Buddhists say. I don't care what any of them say. Jesus says, I am the way, and that's good enough for me. Amen? He is the way. I have my confidence in him. And no matter where that way takes me, no matter if it takes you to your death, he is the way. Amen? He is the truth. Of course, truth is the number one word in the wilderness way. He is the truth. And when I get that truth and that depth of that word of truth, when it truly sinks in, it's powerful. It takes you to places you never thought you'd ever go. You get off on all kinds of exits, you don't even worry about it. You just go. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Everybody's saying the life again. He likes that life thing because he wants you to realize you can have confidence because he is the life. No one, everybody say no one comes to the Father except through me, which is Jesus Christ. No one. No matter what the world throws at me, no matter what goes on, he is the way. I can just rem- if I could just remember this one verse and keep it in my heart, whenever things are going crazy, this one verse can just bring me up and bring me alive with great passion to help other people. Jesus said to him, said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 15, 1, it says, I am the true vine. Everybody say, I'm the true vine. He is the vine. My father is the, is the vine dresser. In 15, 5, it says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Everybody say, I'm the branches. And he, he's the vine of life. Amen? It's this great, wonderful vine that we are, are all part of it. What an amazing thing that God, the creator of the universe, wants us to be a part of him. That ought to just give you great confidence. If you believe it, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Everybody say, can do nothing. I'm just an empty, empty sport coat with a t shirt and a pair of jeans on up here preaching nothing because I am nothing without God, and neither are you, and neither is the world. That's why the world is dying. That's why it looks a mess. That's why it's in chaos, is because it's without God. This country is without God. What do you think it's going to look like? I don't know if we're going to be here for the rapture or what's going to take place. Boy, aren't we blessed to be in this time? He said, well, I don't like this time. Well, it wasn't that much better 50 years ago. I was around. 
60 years. It wasn't much better. I was around. It's just different things going on. Satan using different things to make everything look good. It's, it's all chaotic. Government wanted power back then. They still want power today. They just go around a different way. Satan still wanted stuff back then. He still wants it today. It's the same thing, just going around different ways. But if I am confident in God, then I understand that no matter what takes place, no matter where God takes this church or takes my life or takes your life, he's in control of it, and you're okay with it. And that's what you have to continue to understand and believe. Put in your heart. Be confident in God. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Everybody say, bears much fruit. A lot of you here are part of that fruit. You're part of that fruit. Tracy, you're part of that fruit. God put you in a home when you were young to do things. He knew you were going to rebel. He knew I was going to rebel. He knew most everybody in here was going to rebel. But as Tracy said this morning, parents don't give up. Well, God the Father never gave up on me. Amen. And he's a lot better parent than anyone I ever had. And my mom and dad were great. But I could have confidence in God. There's much room for without me, you can do nothing. In Exodus 3, 13, 14, we'll be heading this way in a few weeks from now. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, and of course, God's going to send... Moses back to Egypt, and he says, what am I going to say to them? I've been away from you 40 years. Well, this is going to be a mess. You want me to go where? The Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? You can imagine after 40 years and running from being a coward and a murderer and all those things, he's heading back. Nobody really knows me. Hopefully he'll find his brother and his sister, and he didn't know what's going on. He's been gone for 40 years. And he's going to go back, and he's going to say, uh, Pharaoh, let my people go. God said, let my people go. What kind of confidence did God have to build within him to get him to do that? Amen? He'll build the same confidence in you if you'll let him. He'll build the same boldness in each one of you if you'll let him. He doesn't hold it back. We keep it from coming. He wants to give you something so beautiful in your life that you can help so many others in your life. What shall I say to them? And I hear a lot of people say, well, what do I say to somebody that's lost? What do I say to them? Well, with the Holy Spirit within you, he'll give you the words. Amen? Learn your scriptures. Understand what you say has to come from the word of God. It's the word of man, it means not much. And God said to Moses, now I just love this one, and God said, everybody say, God said to Moses. God said to Moses, the person he had picked to do this beautiful, untraveled territory and to give him confidence, God said to Mel. See, it's it's applicable for us. And God said to Paul, and God said to Nancy, and God said to, to Austin, and God said to Rick, and God said to Bill, and God said to Sandy, and God said to Don, and God said to John, all on down the line. And God said to Moses, and God still says it to you. Amen. I think a wonderful thing is God knows who Moses is, and God knows who you are. It's just not God said to him, and God said to Moses, the person he had picked. From the time he was born until now, 
no matter his past, he was going to take all of that and learn from it. He says, I am. Everybody say, I am who I am. God is who? He said, I am. He's the great I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. As he knew Moses by name and he wanted to build confidence in Moses, that Moses would do exactly because he knew Moses was going to have one of the hardest tasks any man was ever given on the planet. He says, I am sent me to you. In other words, I didn't come because I think God wants me to be here. I am sent me to you. And when you're face-to-face with somebody that needs the world with something about Jesus Christ, and you think, well, just go to your heart and say, I am sent me to you. The great I am sent me to you. And allow the Holy Spirit to just take over from there and give you such boldness because of the confidence you have in what God will do for you. Confidence boldly declares, I am who God says I am. That's what confidence boldly declares. I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. Amen? I'm just looking at one little part today of who God says we are because, see, I, I, just, I just read all these things of who Jesus says he is, who God says he is. I want to look at one little part of who God says I am. In Proverbs 7, 2, and this, is, this Proverbs 7, 2 is, is a part of wisdom. It says, keep my, keep my commandments and live and my laws as the apple of your eye. Keep my commandments and live. Everybody say, keep my commandments and live. Well, I'll tell you what, you'll never be an outsider for Christ. You'll never understand the, who, the power and the confidence that God wants you to have if you can't keep his commandments, you can't keep the law in your life. We don't, we don't live under, under, under bondage or under legalism. We live under grace, but those laws still apply to my life. Hey, I'm not killing anybody. I'm not doing this stuff. I'm going to love, love, love. Amen. I'm going to show grace, grace, grace. Amen. But I know I can't do this, this, and this and expect people to think that I'm a man of God. There truly has to be a separation from the world. Keep my commandments and live. My law as the apple of your eye. That apple is that black pupil in your eye. And we'll see that more here in a minute. It's that, it's that most sensitive thing. Everybody loves their eye, right? It's sensitive. It's something we've we got to have. And, and God says, I'm going to give you the wisdom and keep my words and my law as the apple of your eye. The most important thing about you, my, your eye. The second one is Psalm 17, 8, and it's safety. And it says, Keep me as the apple of your eye. In other words, keep Jesus as the, keep, or we're saying, keep me, we're asking Jesus to keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. I want safety, amen? When I need confidence and I got that, I know that Jesus has got my back. He's got my front. He's got both my sides. He's got both my eyes. He's got both my ears. He's got everything. He's got every hair on my head, amen? He's got it. And I'm confident in that. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. The last one here is Proverbs 32.10. It says, he found him in a desert. He's talking about Jacob. He's talking about Israel. And he found him in a desert and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. Where'd Jesus find you? Where'd he find you? We don't really find Jesus. We like to say that. Well, I found God or I found Jesus. (laughs) Not so much. He's been calling you for years. 
He knew where you were always at. You, he, you, he didn't lose you. He never lost you. He found him in a desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness, a wasteland of, of, of life that is just completely wasted and a wilderness that just can't shut up. It just sorrow and death and destruction all around us. He encircled him. Everybody say he encircled him. Everybody say encircled. I want you to get that real good. Encircled. He got around him. He knew the wasteland. He knew the wilderness. And he encircled him. He instructed him, keep me as the apple of his eye. For the apple of the Lord's eye. Amen. For the apple of the Lord's eye. And we are to keep him in the same context. I'm going to read you something here. I don't want to close up on this just for a minute. This is going to take just a minute, but I want to to end with this today. Everybody all right? You want to know who Jesus is? I'm going to tell you who Jesus is. In Genesis, he's the seed of woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the high priest. In Numbers, he's the pillar of cloud of day and the pillar of fire of night. In Deuteronomy, he's a prophet unto Moses. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he judge, he's a judge and a lawgiver. In Ruth, he's a kinsman and redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's a trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he's a reigning king. In Ezra, he's faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's a rebuilder. In Esther, he's a deliverer. In Job, he's an everlasting redeemer. In Psalms, he's Lord and Shepherd. In the Song of Solomon, he's Love and the Bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's the Prince of Peace. In Jeremiah, he's the Righteous Branch. In Lamentations, he's the Weeping Prophet. In Ezekiel, the Wonderful Four-Faced Man. In Daniel, the Fourth Man in the Fiery Furnace. And the Man in the Lion's Den. In Hosea, the Faithful Husband. In Joel, the Baptizer, the Holy Spirit in Fire. In Amos, the Burden Bearer. In Obadiah, the Mighty to Save. In Jonah, the great foreigner missionary. In Micah, the preacher with the beautiful feet. In Nahum, the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, God's evangelist. In Zebekiah, a savior. In Haggai, owner of all the gold and silver. In Zechariah, the fountain of the house of David. In Micah, the son of the righteous, righteous with healing in his wings. In Matthew, he's the Messiah. In Mark, he's the miracle worker. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. In Acts, he's the Holy Spirit. In Romans, is a witness to our spirits that we are the children of God. In 1 Corinthians, is the gift of the Spirit. In 2 Corinthians, God is all of all comfort. In Galatians, he's the redeemer from the curse of the law. In Ephesians, Christ is the unsearchable riches. In Philippians, God who supplies all my needs. In Colossians, fullness of the Godhead bodily. bodily. First and Second Thessalonians, he's soon coming king. In First and Second Timothy, he's the mediator between God and man. In Titus, he's the faithful pastor. In Philemon, he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he's the blood of the everlasting covenant. In First Peter one and two, he's the chief shepherd who will appear with a crown of glory. In John one two and three, he's the everlasting love. In Revelation, he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Who's this Jesus? He's Abel's sacrifice. He's Noah's rainbow. He's Abraham's ram. He's Samuel's horn of oil. He's David's slingshot. He's Ezekiah's sundial. He's John's pearly white city. He's Peter's shadow. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the husband to the widow, the father, the orphan, the bright and morning star, lily of the valley, honey in the rock, staff of life, the promoter of our souls. He is the king of glory. He is Jesus. And there's no other name under heaven by which man can be saved.
That's who my confidence is in. If you need a copy of that, you can put in your Bible. Just let me know. We'll get you copies of it. That's who my confidence is in. That's how I can be an outsider. That's how I can go into uncharted territory and go with confidence in God. Because, see, I, I can go back to this, and I can understand who he is. He's the king and king and the glory of all times. Amen? I'll tell you one more time for some of you who never heard this. It's not how much you know. It's how much you love what you know. Don't ever tell me you don't know enough about God. It's how much do you love what you know about God that matters. Amen? He'll take that one little bit, that one little part of love, and just circle you with it. You can save souls with one verse. Don't ever give me the excuse you don't know enough about God. Because if you love him, you'll know. He'll pour it out upon you. Kelly, come on up, please. I didn't mean to get all worked up today. I appreciate this little church. I really do. I really appreciate everyone God brings in this church. I appreciate how he changes our lives. I'm not the same man I was back in 2009 when God asked me to open this church. I'm not, I'm not nowhere near the same guy. He just keeps adding and adding and adding. And every time he says, will you go down this road? Will you go down this untraveled territory with me? Will you go? You say, yeah, yes, God, I'll go, I'll go. And I don't, you don't have to ask the question, you just, you just go. And he's always there to meet us, amen? Even when we don't go, he comes back around and says, are you ready now? Are you ready now? Some of you need confidence in God. You kind of, I don't know, you're stuck. You're just stuck. If you've done the same thing so much that you just think this is it. You've lost your confidence. You need it. We've talked a lot about peace in the last few weeks. Peace is a wonderful thing. It's one of the most powerful things God gives us. I gotta have confidence in God to have that peace. I gotta have confidence that peace can overpower everything. If I can take one little thing to this church and just give you something for the next month or two to, just to build your confidence, that's what we're gonna do. That's what God wants you to do. So I hope you join us. God loves you, and He wants you to know Him more and more and more. And every time, we step out in that untraveled territory every single time we get out of the box of Christianity. Of what the church thinks you need to be. What your wife or your husband thinks you need to be. It's what God wants you to be. Amen? Between you and God. What God desires from us. From all of us. He found him in a desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him. He instructed him. And he kept him as the apple of his eye. Let's stand. Tracy and Donna, would you go on and make work your way over, please?
Well, I don't know how God spoke to you this morning, but I know He spoke to some of you, and maybe all of you. If you need to meet God in prayer today, this is your time. Just to spend a minute with God. That He will build the confidence that you need Him to build within your life. I'll tell you what, them uncharted territories are some of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Beautiful places. One quick story of a letter saying, before I was a pastor, I worked all over this country doing these door things. I'd been flying back and forth to Boston or someplace out there in Massachusetts, or maybe, maybe Maine. I can't remember so many years ago. And I had one of my Bibles it's back there in my room now. So it's a it's really rough shape. But I would have that, and I would take it on the plane with me, and I would make sure by I didn't put the Holy Bible thing on the inside here. I always put it on the outside. So when I carried it or wherever I had it, it said Holy Bible on the outside of it. There was a reason for that. And as I got on this plane and was heading to here from, I might have been in Florida at the time, I don't remember. But I was heading, heading up there, over there. I had opened the Bible and I was reading Deuteronomy. In fact, it was about the life of Moses. I was in BSF, which is starting back up pretty soon in the book of Matthew. But I was reading about the life of Moses and I had this, I was just engulfed in the book of Deuteronomy and I couldn't, couldn't quit reading it. And so I, would, I was reading it for all the two or three hours I was on the plane and the, and the little uh, young lady that was, uh, whatever they call them, I don't know what they call them anymore. Yeah, if I say anything, it'll be wrong, so. I remember what I called midgets, midgets, and everybody got mad at me about them. Well, that's what they were. When I was, grew up, I don't know. Now they're small people, or are they little people? I don't know what they are. But a flight attendant, we would have called him Dirtus or something, I don't know. She come by and she kind of looked over a few times and she was reading and she said, and you know it's funny when you open up your Bible in the, in the, in the world, you know what's funny? Everybody thinks you're a preacher. Are you a preacher? No. What you got your Bible open for? Well, I'm just reading the Bible. I don't have to be a preacher to read the Bible. You know, if you're Catholic, I guess the priest have got to do everything for you. But here, you know, we just open the Bible and we read it. And so I was reading it and she goes on. And then and about two weeks later, I'm flying back home and I'm getting on the plane. And guess what? It's that little, little flight attendant. And she come over, and this time she just really wanted to talk to me about God. You know why? Because I had my Bible back open to Deuteronomy. That's all it took to just spend a few minutes with somebody. She says, you love your Bible, don't you? And I said, yeah, I do. It's my life. It's a, I'm trying to learn more about it that it can be part of my life. And she was so thankful that I had my Bible open that everybody else could see it. And she told me about how she loved the Lord. You know what? We wasn't in a little small room. Everybody around us heard about it. Amen? It's a little untraveled territory you go into, and you, just because you got your Bible open at a particular time, you get to speak about God. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be in the, in the, in, in the, in the, some kind of big shot in the church. You just got to love God, and the world will see it through you. Lord, Father, as we bow our heads, the music plays, Lord. Thank you for today, and I thank you for Tracy. She's surrendered her life. Lord, I pray for everyone here today that we, that through the word of God, and through your word and through me, Lord, and through the voice you've given me, 
who encourage people today to have confidence in you. Sometimes, Lord, it's just good to look back and read who you say you are. So we know as we face the tomorrow and the world of uncertainty in this world we live in, everybody that's gone before us has gone through it. It's evil trying to destroy good. It's just doing it in different ways. But I don't have to look at the evil. I can just look at the good, the confidence of what you want us to have, that we can continue to pour out the good, the love of Christ into this dying world. The Lord, is, this world does come to an end. What we do, it matters. And we have to let people know that Jesus is enough within our lives. And sometimes it goes a long way without ever speaking a word. Putting our Bible up on our windows, putting our Bibles by our sides, that people can see that Jesus is enough. Lord, would you bless this morning? And thank you for Tracy. And those that need to come forward this morning just for a moment of prayer or need salvation. It's not something we take lightly here. That they can change that life and they can start down a pathway with you. Lord, would you bring them to their knees today? In Jesus' name, amen.